Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Good day. What's happening, my peeps? It is 4 28 22. That is April 28th, 2022. And gropey Joe Biden continues in his nonstop effort to destroy America as we know it. Hi, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. I'm your host, Steve Z. When you made the conscious decision to purchase your home or your last vehicle or take out a loan for anything, you made a contractual agreement, a binding legal document to repay that loan at whatever interest rate was set forth in the loan. And you are expected to pay that loan back. But gropey Joe Biden is desperate right now because he knows major losses will likely occur in the midterm elections just a little over five months from today. And so he is bribing the American population, at least the young student debt-laden population. Those young people were adults legally. And if they weren't, their parents were adults who took out those student loans. There was a requirement as part of the contract of taking out that loan that says you have to pay it back with whatever interest was set forth in the loan agreement. Here's the problem. Joe Biden is losing in the popularity poll and therefore he will probably lose in the next election. So how do you try to get someone to vote for you when their wages have not gone up, but the price of every single thing they've had to purchase since you took office has risen in price exponentially? Well, the answer is quite simple. You bribe them with the promise of eliminating their student debt, wiping out their student loan obligations. The fact is not every American could afford to go to college or could even qualify for a student loan. Perhaps their grades weren't good enough. Perhaps they were not of the right persuasion. Either way, lots of people did not go to college and went on into the workforce where they started contributing to the American economy immediately upon leaving high school or upon getting their GED. Some of those people ended up working, saving money, and then taking out loans to start a business, to invest in tools or machinery, Where's the forgiveness for their loans, Mr. Gropey Joe Biden? Yes, the last lingering sense of bipartisanship may have been on display last month in Congress in that nearly unanimous vote when the House of Representatives passed a bill that might help some Americans save more money before they retire. And then Biden screwed it all up proposing student loan forgiveness that is seeing criticism from both Democrats and Republicans. Democrats who represent poorer working class districts are not too happy that Biden is going to give those privileged few who took out student loans the chance to just wipe the slate clean. Biden's federal budget proposal is requesting billions with a B of dollars for education. And part of that is his hope to use student loan forgiveness out of money that should be going towards K-12 through schools, upgrading infrastructure, paying teachers more money. His proposal didn't mention the student loan forgiveness that he promised during his campaign, 
nor did it mention extending the May 1st pause on student loan payments. It did, however, suggest improvements for what he calls income-driven repayment and public service loan forgiveness programs, along with some increased customer support resources. Unlike Biden's budget proposal, the SECURE Act 2.0 is making some progress. Approved by the House, it will be going next to the Senate, and some people at the Washington Post believe the Senate might tweak the bill, but it could still be made into law this year. And that bill will expand 401k benefits for part-time employees and let Americans save for longer periods of time by raising the minimum distribution age, amongst other things. Though both pieces of legislation, according to some Democrats, have the potential to help a lot of people, neither is perfect. Nothing the Biden administration does is anywhere near perfect. What's supposed to help Americans, however, might just raise their tax bills. That retirement bill will be changing the minimum withdrawal age for retirement accounts. Currently, people over the age of 72 are required to start drawing money from their retirement savings, but the SECURE 2.0 Act will gradually move that minimum up to age 75. Now, how many Americans actually live to age 75? I'll start by saying God must be a racist. Although he claims that we're all created in his image, according to the CDC, there's a chart out that says people born in 2007 of all races and both genders, and that's how this chart is written, by the way, both sexes and all races, 77.9% years is the life expectancy of people born in 2007. But when it comes to white males, it's 75.9 years. Blacks, 70.0 years. So white folks, according to the CDC, have the honor and white privilege of living just shy of six years longer on average than black men. Let's look at females. Females born in the year 2007 have a life expectancy of 80.8 years if they're white women, but only 76.8 years if they're black women. How's that for scary? The average age for both male and female in all races People born in 2007 have a life expectancy of 77.9 years. So, taking that number into consideration, you'll only have 2.9 years to draw down your retirement savings if you reach age 75, and the government will mandate that you start taking your retirement money. You'll have 2.9 years to spend it. Otherwise, they're going to tax it as a death tax, an inheritance tax, your kids will get it. They'll have to claim it as income tax, and the government will tax that money once again. Maybe there is some truth to the old saying, you can't take it with you, spend it while you can. Hell, certain ethnic minorities in this country figured that out a long time ago. And they're spending money they don't even have. They're spending your tax dollars in the form of welfare, food stamps, WIC, Social Security supplemental income, and every other government program out there. Now, according to the 
Brookings Institution. This will give people more time to work and more time to save more money before they're forced to make withdrawals. That's their twist. That's their spin on this. Brookings Institution fellow Mark Irie told the Wall Street Journal it feels like a tax cut. But he also used to oversee national retirement policies when he worked at the Treasury Department, and he knows the life expectancy figures. This is all a plot, a ploy, a plan to start forcing people to work longer into their old age, save maybe a little bit more money, and then be forced to take it out and have only two years left to live of their lives. The bill was written with another sad truth in mind. It's now much more difficult for Americans to retire. According to the Wall Street Journal, IRA specialist Ed Slot says the increased minimum age for withdrawals sounds much better than it is. Really, the age increase helps financial service organizations make more money because accounts with higher balances tend to be higher in fees. Kevin Brady is a co-sponsor of the bill and said with the Americans working longer, we want to keep them saving longer. And that Secure Act 2.0 will do more than just raise the minimum age in which you can withdraw. It would allow people 50 and up to contribute an extra $6,500 per year, if they have it, to their 401k. It would allow people aged 62 to 64 to contribute an extra 10 grand a year, if they have it, to a 401k. It would make part-time employees eligible for 401ks after only two years of employment instead of three. And it would require businesses to automatically enroll employees in 401k or 403b plans. It will allow retirement plan sponsors to offer cash or other incentives for signing up. The bribery. The bribery they're including right there in their law. Let's bribe you to do this and do that. It will also create a National Retirement Savings Lost and Found database. Let's see how long it takes for someone to start raiding that using stolen identity information. Legislators made this bill profitable for the government as well, as you might expect. It's Democrats, remember? Starting in 2023, anyone over the age of 50 who makes extra payments to 401ks will have to start making those payments to a Roth IRA. And this will force people to give up the tax deductions that they would normally get from a 401k. And that, according to the government estimates, will generate $36 billion in new taxes. But I thought Joe Biden said we weren't going to get any new taxes unless we made over $400,000 a year. Joe Biden lied to you. And here's proof. He's going to sign this into law, which means he is approving of a $36 billion tax hike on virtually every American from a new three-year, two-year employee part-timer all the way up to an elderly person trying desperately to save for their retirement. Before beginning his term as president, Gropey Joe Biden promised to cancel $10,000 in undergraduate student debt per borrower. That's right. Here's a free $10,000 for you because you took out a loan and you don't want to pay it back. The hell with the guy who took out a loan for a welder to become a welder or the guy who took out a loan for kitchen equipment to start his own small business restaurant. They lose. But all of his friends 
who have churin with student loan debt are going to get a free handout from the government of $10,000. And you and I are going to pay for it. He's asking for another $2.7 billion in funding for something called the Federal Student Aid Office. And additional funds are slated to revamp the student loan provider's customer support hotlines and improve what they call income-driven repayment or public service loan forgiveness programs. In other words, you go out and become a community organizer, start a little peaceful riot, I'm a protest, and call that community service and we gonna forgive your student loans. It will also supposedly aid borrowers who have to switch loan providers because their current student loan provider shut down. And you're gonna see a lot of student loan providers shutting down because they're about to get screwed out of $10,000 interest, or the interest on $10,000 rather, that would come from the defaulting on those student loans at the hands of gropey Joe Biden. And that's what it is. Loan forgiveness from the president is the same thing as defaulting on the loan. Do you think the government's going to send the 10000 to the borrowing agency? They might, especially if that borrowing agency has any ties to the Biden crime syndicate. Some people are speculating that he plans to eliminate all student loans right before the midterm elections as a bribe. And I agree with that. The chair of the Senate Education Committee, Patty Murray, thinks that Biden should either extend the current pause on loan payments or completely forgive student loan debt. Insiders are saying that's going to happen right before the midterms, as I said, so that they can bribe people to vote Democrat. Ms. Murray says everything we are asking to be done can be done at an administrative level, and it's the quickest way to get this moving. They're encouraging the president, asking, begging them, Please do that. And I think it will happen right before the midterms because the Democrats are desperate to try and keep a majority in the House and in the Senate. And that's the truth. And unfortunately for you and I, the truth hurts. The Biden administration is really ticked off right now because what they're doing is screwing America at the southern border. There's an article in El Pay. Agencias, U.S. court temporarily blocks Gropey Joe Biden's planned end to fast-track deportations. A federal judge in Louisiana temporarily blocked the U.S. government's plan to end Title 42 on Wednesday. That's the controversial immigration rule that allows U.S. border officials to deport certain migrants without court hearings. Stop! Illegal, criminal, non-citizens do not have the same rights under U.S. law that U.S. citizens do. They illegally trespassed and invaded into the United States of America, breaking our first and most sacred sovereign border law. To think for even one moment that a single criminal illegal trespassing alien has any rights in this country is wrong. Our citizens have inalienable rights to life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, protection by our government from foreign invaders and domestic terror. But illegal criminals do not have rights. The court decision in Louisiana was in response to a lawsuit filed by 21 Republican-led states 
which asked U.S. District Judge Robert Summerhays to issue a temporary restraining order against any move to lift Title 42. Wednesday, Summerhays agreed to a 14-day restraining order to stop border officials from winding down the policy. Gropy Joe wanted it to end on May 23rd, but following the ruling, the government announced it will comply with the court order. Well, that's a first for the Biden administration, complying with a court order. Title 42 was introduced during the 2020 coronavirus pandemic, justifying the measure to stop massive importation allowances of illegal criminal trespassing aliens and told them, turn your ass around and go back from where you came. We don't want your COVID-diseased ass in our country. And your phony claim for asylum? Denied. Well, at least you remain in Mexico till you get a hearing on your asylum request. Since implementing the March 2020 Title 42 rule, 1.8 million instances of deporting illegal aliens to Mexico's or their countries of origin have happened. And that's just a beginning. We need to start rounding them up wholesale, sending them back across the border, finish the border wall, and then line up troops who have no business fighting in other countries along our southern border to do what American service people were hired to do. Protect the United States of America from invasion by foreigners who do not belong here. This country has a system of immigration laws which allows the lawful legal entry of a controlled number of foreign people and they should be able to support themselves once they're here. This is not a welfare state. Although it's coming, it's becoming one very quickly under Gropey Joe Biden and the Democrats. Because the more people they put into the country and on the welfare rolls, giving them freebies all the way, the more Democrat votes they have at election time. This is the Truth Hurts program. Where is the federal investigation into the Hunter Biden laptop? It's in the same place the federal investigation into 30,000 Hillary Clinton emails is. It doesn't exist. It's a non-starter. The Hunter Biden laptop story has taken many different turns. Emails on that computer were labeled as misinformation from certain progressive, liberal, woke, Democrat-leaning media outlets. But those outlets later had no choice but to admit that those emails were indeed true, accurate, and authentic. There are plenty of emails that link Joe Biden directly to his son's controversial and corrupt overseas business dealings. But it appears the federal government refuses to open an investigation on the matter. Why? Democrats in the White House. Democrats control both houses of Congress. Hopefully, and I pray to God above, the Republicans seize control of the House and the Senate in the midterm elections, and then go full bore against Hunter Biden and his daddy. Impeach that feeble-minded old milk carton missing in action president. Hans von Spakovsky, or Hans von Spakovsky, of the Heritage Foundation was asked why there's no investigation as more and more and more information 
from Hunter's laptop goes public. Isn't it interesting that if news outlets applied the same due diligence that they're applying right now against Donald Trump and Republicans, this story would have been blown wide open two years ago before the election? The New York Slimes and the Washington Compost initially treated the laptop information as, quote, Russian disinformation, unquote, despite having absolutely no evidence to show that it was Russian disinformation. On the other hand, the New York Post had vetted digital records and testimony from a technician who worked at a computer repair shop where Hunter Biden dropped the laptop off and in his cocaine-addled state forgot it was there. The Times and the Post could have easily authenticated the thousands upon thousands of emails that were found on the laptop. Why did they not do that? Well, they were afraid that it would adversely affect the 2020 presidential election of the puppet, Joe Biden. That's why. The media should have been looking through all these records. Hell, the FBI should have been looking through all of these records. And seeing just how corrupt Hunter Biden is, was, and how much corruption involved his daddy, the big guy, 10% on the take, Joe Biden. One of the folks that Hunter Biden was in business with was the son of infamous crime boss Whitey Bulger. He was even doing business with a ranking member of the Chinese Communist Party. And yet his daddy right now is saying, ooh, China bad, Russia bad. They were in bed with China and with Russia. This is worse than anything you could ever imagine on Hulu or Netflix. The kind of connection shown by the communications on Hunter Biden's laptop would be a massive cause for federal congressional investigations FBI investigations, CIA investigations. But that's not happening at all, is it? Congress is ignoring the revelations that are contained on this laptop. If this were to be investigated, it would turn out to be one of the largest corruption scandals in our nation's history. And when you ask the Biden administration anything at all about it, crickets chirping, subject changed, conversation ended. Republican lawmakers are rightfully pushing for an investigation. Can you imagine if this was one of Donald Trump's kids' laptops that was found? Can you imagine for just a moment? It would have been headline news, the entire news hour on every progressive, liberal, woke media outlet. They'd be running this story 24-7. Republicans tried to enter the entire contents of the laptop into the congressional record, but they were blocked from doing so by the Democrats and nasty Nancy Pelosi. So what's next, my friends? I think if Republicans take over the House and the Senate in the midterm elections, you will see a full-blown congressional investigation. U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland won't criminally prosecute anyone connected to Hunter Biden, no matter what, because his daddy, Joe Biden, said so. The potential hearings would be key to finding out exactly what Hunter Biden and his father were doing and all of the corruption that Joe Biden is involved in. Particular news outlets have started to really delve into the communications on the laptop, though the mainstream media is not, because they are afraid of how it will actually affect the upcoming midterm elections, and quite possibly the 2024 presidential election. Thanks to former Jefferson Parish, Louisiana Sheriff and now talk show host, Newell Norman 
for contributing to that on WWL Radio. This is the Truth Hurts Program. The new economic numbers are due out, and it's not looking good for gropey Joe Biden and the Democrats. So little red, circle back, recent facelift girl Jen Pisaki is preemptively spinning the slow growth expected in the next GDP report. Jen Pisaki acknowledged that today's GDP report is expected to show a very much slowed economic growth of the first quarter of 2022, and I think that is the beginning signs of a recession. And a recession during inflation? Well, that has the makings for Jimmy Carter presidency 2.0, as I predicted on day one of the Biden presidency. The Bureau of Economic Analysis will publish the GDP report today, and most projections are saying less than 1% growth. Pisaki faced questions during the White House press briefing about this report. She says the White House looks closely at economic data and will do so before claiming that the current unemployment rate and, as she calls them, record number of jobs added are the result of actions by the president. Remember, the lie that record numbers of jobs were created by the Biden administration is just that, a lie. Those are just jobs that have been returning to the workforce because people got tired of being locked down by Democrats' lockdowns during the China virus. Pisaki had no choice but to concede that White House advisors are expecting that the growth was slower in quarter one of this year. She says, quote, This largely reflects the strength and the very strong pace of growth in the fourth quarter. We've taken together growth over time. Two quarters is expected to be a solid pace. If we look at it over time, which is how we look at data, and looking under the hood, the slowdown relative to quarter four is mainly for technical reasons, like change in inventory. So last quarter, companies building up inventories very quickly, and growth in inventories are expected to be slower, though still positive. This quarter, everything she says, every phrase she says sounds like she's asking a question. And maybe she is, because I don't think she or anyone in this White House actually has the answers to anything. The Biden administration is spiraling downward and taking you and me along with it. And finally today, the Washington Examiner has an op-ed piece by Christopher Tremogli saying, Adam Schiff's disingenuous tweet about spreading disinformation. Representative Shifty Adam Schiff took to Twitter this week to offer his opinion of Elon Musk and the purchase of Twitter. As nearly all Democrats have done since the news broke, Schiff was largely critical of the purchase and expressed concern about Musk allowing what he calls disinformation to prevail on the social media platform. What Schiff is really scared of is people speaking the truth and calling out the Democrats for the pieces of garbage that they actually are. It was interesting commentary coming from this California congressman, given that he has built his entire career on fabricating evidence and promoting falsehoods without having to be accountable for any of the things he makes up. Here's my take on the world's richest man buying Twitter, Schiff tweeted. He makes a great car and rocket, but I'm concerned his personal views will stop the fight against disinformation on social media. The problem on Twitter hasn't been too much content moderation. It's too much hate. Liberals embraced using the term disinformation recently, even when it isn't warranted. While the word is supposed to mean fake news or false information intended to mislead, Liberals have hijacked the term disinformation, and now they apply it to anything for which they disagree. 
For example, what Senator Rand Paul said about masks' efficacy was considered disinformation. Even though Rand Paul is a doctor and had science to back up the fact, which later came out by the CDC, the FDA, and the WHO, that masks were nowhere near as efficient as they lied to us about. It wasn't until several studies supported Rand Paul's claims that Rand Paul was vindicated. And that didn't happen out there in the front of the news. That was on page 35 somewhere. Given the recent history of Adam Schiff making public statements himself containing false information which is intended to mislead, he should be looking in the mirror before offering criticism on Elon Musk's saving of the First Amendment and freedom of speech in the United States of America. Remember, Adam Schiff has a long history of providing disinformation himself. He's done so without facing any repercussions. His concerns about disinformation are, in fact, just more disinformation. And while he won't admit it, his main worry is that Twitter will no longer stifle opinions that run counter to his own. He's upset that the flow of information might now include dissenting opinions. That and that only is the reason why Adam Schiff and nearly every other liberal Democrat are standing out against Elon Musk's purchase of Twitter. It's just a shame if he restores Donald Trump's Twitter account. Donald Trump told Elon Musk, still not playing your game. Oh well, that's what you get. That's all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Thank you.